0: Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good
1: evening, everyone, and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. Wow, a week has passed like... Man, it went by by fast, Ellen. How is your yeah. uh, your housing coming along?
2: Well, I was just going to say the week did go really quickly because all I was doing was moving, cleaning, and moving some more. But uh, we are settled in our temporary rental, I'm happy to say. So phase one is over. The only sad thing is in a few months I'm
1: going to have to do it all again. Now, where are you? You're in Stewart, Florida? I'm in Stewart, Stewart yeah. Florida. Nice. Pretty city. Pretty city. Yes. What... um so the house is sold and everything the house
2: is sold gone. it's closed the money is in the bank yeah thank the
1: lord sold your memories down there
2: yeah i know I, <laughs> I did a very sad post on facebook and got a lot of
3: love from it <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that that has to be tough that there, has it, to be tough yeah
2: we've been there a long time you know raised my kids there it, it's hard to let it go but yeah. time to move on
1: yeah no exactly and you know it, 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 i don't want to say bigger and better things not that that there's anything better out there than the memories that you have. But, you know, there's always room for difference. And that's one of the reasons why we do the show, right? We we put our voice out there to welcome people to call in to let us know how their life has changed or is changing um, because it is a constant flow of knowledge. It's a constant flow of growth. Um, it's a constant flow of life and sometimes in life you have to make change
2: life is about life is about change and life is about growing and a lot of people don't like change i usually welcome it i just don't like being unsure yeah, of I've, where i'm going to be but i'm learning to live with that and it's okay
1: i've it's never okay. embraced change that's why i still have the same pair of underwear on that i've wore for the past five years
2: we have, oh that's we, what that smells. Like. Yeah.
1: we have on the line with us tonight a guest who is an author of the book positive thinking will never change your life but this book will his name is david essel welcome to the show david how are you oh
4: ray ellen great to be with both of you thank you
1: thank you and you and you're in the beautiful state of florida as well aren't you
4: yeah over on the other coast from you guys fort myers it's much slower but it it meets my needs that's for sure i love it here
1: (laughs) Right, they, they, they. People have jokingly told me that Florida is God's waiting room. Well, I'll definitely yeah. sit in. I'll definitely sit in the seat down here because I love yeah,
4: it. Yeah, me too. Oh, I know. You know, I, I don't know where. Where are you from originally? Right. Um, just south of Boston. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I. I lived in Cambridge for a year. Absolutely loved it. But you know, I'm one of those guys. I'm, I'm very high energy. I do a lot of different things. You know, as a counselor and a coach and a writer obviously and all this different stuff and so for me to be in a city that is very stimulating becomes overwhelming which is why I absolutely love the state of Florida and this coast because it's very calm compared Mm -hmm. to major cities you know and 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 it's important when we're talking about you know Ellen mentioned change it's important to find the balance of what environment is best for you. And if where you are isn't the right place, there's no better time than right now to start thinking about changing.
1: True, very true. You know, And and that was one of the things that I never, even through my addiction, I, I never had the problem of picking up and going. Change was never something, I didn't want to change the individual that I happened to be for some crazy reason, but to change environment, Hey, hmm. pick me. My car, I'll just point my car down 195 and head 95 <laughs> south and go wherever it brings me. And I never had a problem doing that. I found myself in Florida maybe 11 years ago now. And, you know, I found a home. I mean, do I miss the people up in Massachusetts? Yes, I do. Um, do I miss... Massachusetts. Mm, Do you miss the snow and the ice really. and the dark? I really don't. You know, and, and one thing that I found out once I I, I got clean uh, February twenty eighth nineteen eighty nine, so I I have a, a day or two under my belt, and um, you know I I don't I don't say that I don't say that cocky in any way because you know today is a good day to get high. I'm an addict, um, but one of the things that I found when I got to Florida was time kind of slowed down a little bit i i really couldn't adjust to it like when i want when i went through dunkin donuts and they weren't like rapidly giving me what i ordered but i i slowly got adjusted to the life in florida and I, and I
4: and i like it down here you know yeah you know going back to the concept of change guys it's so interesting because um that is the mantra of recovery. And I know for myself, I fought that for years, you know, I would change everything else in the world, but I wouldn't change my addiction. Right. It was too, too scary, too frightening to, to be alone without it just wasn't something I ever wanted to, to really look at. And I used, you know, the justification, rationalization, denial, you know, I tell you guys, an interesting story in, in the eighties, when I started 37 years ago, I got into the world of personal growth and I remember I was um, a sponsored uh, athlete by Avia and Reebok two different, at two different times in my life. And I was out in San Francisco doing a television show to promote one of the, the two giants of uh, footwear at the time, one of their new programs coming out. And I sat in the green room, and there was this physician who specialized in recovery for bodybuilders. And we're sitting in the, in the, in the green room talking, and he, he could tell that I was an addict, you know, he, and I used visine. I used clove oil in my mouth. So even though I was, <laughs> you know, I was out the night before, there was no physical, you know, I looked in the mirror, my eyes were bright white, you know, my breath was perfect. And I'm in this early morning San Francisco television station and I'm on for a, a reason totally different than him. But you know, it was interesting because he looked at me and as he asked me what I was there for and what I was promoting, and he goes, did you ever get to that space and time, David, where you just knew you needed to change something about your lifestyle? And he was looking through me as if I wasn't even there. I mean, his eyes no. were piercing. And, and I knew what he was saying. And I said, no, like, well, everything in my life is going great right now. You know, I'm the sponsored athlete and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, well, you know what? He said, think about it. I work with bodybuilders all the time that are competing But they need to change. They need to drop that alcohol and that drugs. And as he got up to walk by me to go on. He was on the segment first. He just looked back and goes, he goes, don't ever forget this conversation. And, you know, that was a number of years before I got clean. And I remember being unsettled because he hit a hot button with me. He knew I was struggling. I was still in denial as much as I could be. And, of course, that night I went right back out and did what I needed to do to forget his, his comment. But here we are years later, guys, and I remember that scared the heck out of me, that someone was looking at me and saying, you need to change. You know you need to change, but I didn't want to. I was too afraid to change, guys. I was way too afraid.
2: And I think fear is probably one of the biggest motivators in the world
1: well no, no, no the fear fear is a big motivator but like like david was saying when i was using fear kept me from wanting to change not Absolutely. not motivating me yeah. to change i wasn't afraid to stay the uncomfortable um whatever i being that i was i wasn't afraid to stay there i was afraid to be something that i couldn't yeah, embrace. Yeah, but the fear
2: kept you kept you there, and well, and oh, yeah, as, no, okay, yeah, as, yeah, it was
1: like a, a reverse motivator. As a family yeah. member mm-hmm.
2: of an addict, I think the fear keeps me doing, you know, going off in a lot of crazy directions that maybe I don't need to go in. That's what I'm saying. Fear, fear is at the uh, at the heart of a lot of things, and I'm I'm real curious, David, in um in looking at your book, you were a big supporter of positive thinking. And now you, you've changed that. What's going on? <laughs> well,
4: you know, I was, I was a big supporter of of, of the wine industry, Alan, and um, I changed that, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's a good answer.
4: Yeah, you know, it's like, um, well, let me tell you, I'll tell you, in the, the, the two things go hand in hand. From 1980, when I started, until 1996... I was one of those guys that you'd see on stage all over the U.S. As a matter of fact, I used to travel 40 weeks a year as a motivational speaker. I'd go over all over the world. And I was one of those guys that would be saying, whatever you believe you can achieve and your thoughts become things. And I would just go off, you know, on, for hours on stage and spouting all this stuff that my mentors before me had taught me and that I believed to be true. And then here's the correlation between my sobriety and recovery and and the book, Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life. This book will. The subtitle is The Myth of Positive Thinking, The Reality of Success. In 1996, I've hosted a a syndicated radio show for 27 years. And in 1996, I had on one of the most intelligent, powerful gurus, spiritual mentors that this world has ever heard of, he's the founder of Transcendental Meditation. He's no longer with us. His name is a tongue twister for those who have never heard it, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Right. And In 19, uh-huh. 1996, um, Maharishi chose our radio show as the only media outlet in the world to celebrate the 40th anniversary of TM or Transcendental wow. Meditation. And it was mind-blowing. You know, I was with Westwood One, uh, a syndicated group at the time. And I get a call from my producer who says, you know, there's some organization. I think it's a cult, David. They keep calling me to (laughs) have this guy on the show on his 40th anniversary. And I keep telling them no, but they won't give up. And so would you just tell me no so I can say the host said no? And I said, who is it? And she said, well, I don't know how to spell his name. It's Maha something. I go, oh, my Lord. (laughs)
0: Maharishi
4: <laughs> Mahesh Yogi? And she goes, yes. Well, I did the certification in 1988 for TM. And so, of course, she didn't know any of this. And I flipped out. We had Maharishi on the show. He was amazing, you know. And in and, and an hour, he was filled with so much wisdom and laughter and joy. Well, a couple weeks later, and I was a full-blown cocaine addict, alcoholic, even though I was traveling the world doing this motivational gig. And oh, you, oh you, was was still,
1: you were still active?
4: Oh, he, he was still. You were still actively yeah. using? Oh, yeah. But, okay. oh, big time. And you know, I was on the cover of magazines. I mean, I really had this amazing life. And so we get, we get done with the interview. I said to my producer at the time, you know, that was like one of the most amazing interviews. And the week before, we had had Wayne Dyer on, and the week before that, Deepak Chopra, and I said, you know, I can remember when Deepak was on. He, he gave us the three keys to whatever the topic was. And when Wayne was on, he gave us the seven steps to this. I go, it's an hour after Maharishi's been on the show. And I can't remember a darn
0: thing <laughs> other,
4: other than his joint. So three weeks later, now I'm this huge affirmations, motivational dude. And I'm going to keep going back to that for the reason that I wrote this book and changed my whole life after this one interview, three weeks later, I'm in Orlando, Florida at a large conference. I get off stage. There's a line of people asking questions. And at the very end, it's this tiny little woman. Now, Maharishi was about five foot four. He looked like Cousin It from the Adams family. (laughs) Yeah. Super long gray hair. And there's this little lady who doesn't look, I mean, kind of similar look to him. And she's saying at the end, I came up and I said, I'm so sorry you had to wait. Is there something I can answer? And she said, listen, David Essel, um, I have 20 minutes. I just flew in. I got here an hour ago. I have 20 minutes to interview you, and I've got to get back on a flight. And I said, well, let's go get coffee. And as we're walking, I said, wait a minute. Are you from a magazine or a newspaper? And she looked at me. She said, no, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi sent me. And huh, no. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I, I he was on my show three weeks ago. She goes, David, I've been with him 36 years out of his 40 years of introducing Transcendental Meditation. And if you guys remember at all, back in around 1960, 56 is when he introduced TM. But 1960, the Beatles took it yes. and right. they promoted yep. him, you know, even to this day, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The remaining Beatles still love TM, and they, and they do concerts and promote him. And so I'm sitting down going, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Maharishi sent, and so she said, listen, Maharishi loved the interview, and he really has a lot of respect for you, but he wanted me to come and ask you one question. What do you remember from the interview? <laughs> and I looked at and You know, I go, is this like a candid camera or something? Because (laughs) the only thing, the only thing I've been talking about for three weeks is that I can't remember a darn thing he said. And she started smiling and she said, listen, that's very common. And I'll tell you more in a minute, but what do you remember? And I said, I don't remember anything. She said, you must remember one thing. I said, no, I don't. She goes, David, come on. What's one thing? I said, all right. He was filled with so much joy. And she smiled and nodded her head and she said, what I'm going to tell you next, you may not understand. It may take a month. It may take five years. But trust me, it's going to be true. The reason that you can only remember the joy Maharishi had is because you don't have any. Wow. Wow. And I looked at her and I said, what did you say? And she said, no. (laughs) She said, I know, (laughs) I know it's hard to understand. She said, but you know, I've been with him for 36 years. We will sit and he will lecture to his staff, his inner circle for hours on end. We'll get up and leave and everyone will go, do you believe he spent that whole time talking about X and someone else would go, no, he wasn't talking about X. He was talking about Y. And she said, David, whatever you remember, he is so filled with this connection with humans whatever you remember, the one thing means it's missing. And so I got really defensive, guys, you know, and I said, Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Defensive. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I live here. I'm doing the work of my dreams. I do the radio. I write books, blah, blah, blah. And she said, I know it's hard to, to, to take this in, but trust me, it'll make sense. And right away I was done with the interview. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if we even took 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, I right. was like, i said sorry lady I, you gotta go <laughs> yeah. I know. i said yeah. listen honey i still love maharishi i don't follow your thought process but if you believe it that's really great and thank you so much right. so we we go a couple minutes weeks later after that it's still 1996 it's a tuesday afternoon at 2:30. i'll never forget it i came out of a four-day binge incredibly intense binge And I got up at 2.30 in the afternoon and around 5 o'clock at night, I looked in the mirror and I said, David Essel, you have no joy. You cannot have an addiction of any type and be filled with joy. And here's something interesting. Up until that interview, every morning I got up, from 1980 or even before until 1996. And I had an affirmation and I used to talk about the power of affirmation on stage on my Mm -hmm. radio show. And my affirmation was this. I am David Essel, a child of God, happy, healthy, and sober today. And every night I drank myself to sleep, And every couple months I would do my combination binge, and I'd be gone for three days. No one would be able to contact me and then I would come back. And here I was guys using an affirmation to keep me in denial, you know, with the, with the well-meaning books, like the secret and the law of attraction, you know, they, how you don't, they say Mm -hmm. that I am a, say you're a size six. If you want to be a size six, even though you're a freaking 24, if you're flat broke but you get up and say that you're a millionaire, the universe must conspire to meet your needs, all of that kind of nonsense. And it was in the wisdom of Maharishi and his assistant that I woke up to realize that positive thinking is about 20% of our formula for massive success in life, sobriety, weight loss, money, career change, relationships, unless it's a miracle. Now, you know, some people claim that they can have miracles. And of course, I've been an experiencer of miracles. I've worked with clients that have had miracles. And so if someone says that I am clean and they wake up tomorrow morning and they never crave again, well, that's not the power of the mind. That to me is a miracle. So I'm not going to say that miracles don't happen. And I'm not going to tell people don't think positively because in our book, I explained that even from that day forward, I spend the first hour of every day immersed in meditation, prayer, gratitude, affirmation, but then I get off of my butt and and I go guys and do the work that I needed to do to get clean and sober, to make the money I want to make, to get the body, you know, and, and so this is this full circle where I came out and wrote this book because I want people to know that there's many things that you can have in life that you don't right now and positive Mm -hmm. thinking will account for 20% of your pathway. Okay, and we
1: will pick up on the other side of the break. I hate to cut you off in in, in mid thought, but I will we have to we do have to go to break. So if you have any questions for David, dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment.
2: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
3: Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network.
5: Did you know that nearly a third of Americans have made us the number one country in obesity rates in the world? It's true. It's time for Right Choices. Tune in every week for the show that aims to make you healthier. You don't need a lot of time, money, or even need to travel far. Host Dietrich Wright will show you what you can do easily to be more fit, healthier, have more energy, and live a better life overall. Be sure to make us a part of your weekend every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. you probably don't spend too much time talking about that place down there. Why not? There's now a show where that's mostly what we talk about and so much more. It's the Womb Happy Hour with host Lorraine Giordano. It's all about your body and the magical power you possess. Guys, you might want to tune in too. There's no reason to be squeamish. Listen for the Womb Happy Hour, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel.
1: Welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. Please visit our Twitter account. Is that what you call it? Twitter account? Yeah. I think. I don't know. At 855-STOP-USING. That's at 855-STOP-USING on Twitter or our Facebook page. It's net. Also, send me an email at ray at org. Let us know what topics you would like to hear on upcoming shows. You know, um, we were talking about, Miracles and motivations and stuff like that. And during the break, um, David was sharing that he was motivating athletes to get sober and and get clean and everything like that. And I and I laughed out loud because while he was doing that, he was high on a substance himself. And I re- it brings me back to a point when my brother Michael, so he was a, he was a, an active. Alcoholic, he drank, and we were bringing him to a place called Gosnold down in Falmouth. It was my mother who ultimately is listening to the, to the show, uh, my brother Michael, and myself. And I remember sitting in the room with like the family. Um, intervention type thing, and I remember like vocally saying, "Yeah, there's something definitely wrong with him the way that he drinks." I'll be back in a minute, and I went out and I got high in the car and came back in. <laughs> that's the that's the madness of of this disease that we have. And I'm so grateful that you know I embraced change early on when I got clean. There was a long time where I didn't embrace change, and I couldn't. I was, you know, like Ellen was saying about the fear, I stayed stiff in my seat no matter what intervention they tried. Ultimately, when I slowly embraced change was when the positive could start flowing in, you know, and reading a little bit of your book, I'm going to. I'm going to tell myself and say I didn't read it uh, stem to stern yet, but I definitely will. Um, you giggled, so pro- people have probably said that to you before, right? Well, anyway, I mean, you, you've you've written nine books, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Master life coach, business relationship, and addiction recovery coach—that's a mouthful, right there. And um, you must be very busy too. That's yeah. a lot to do. Yeah. You don't you don't do the same thing that you did. You're not on the road forty. 40 or so weeks out of the
4: year. No, no. You know, that was, I did that for about 10 years and it it was, it was fulfilling and exhausting all at once. And so now what's really so great is, uh, you know, as as a counselor and a coach and all these different things I do, we can work with clients via Skype. So Mm -hmm. I I have about 30% that come into my office in Fort Myers, but 70% of clients I mean, gosh, we have them from all over the U.S., Australia, Germany, um, South America, and and we can do it all via Skype now. So it's so beautiful that I can still do everything that I've been doing, writing books, radio, counseling, coaching, but I don't have to be on the road to do it, which is a blessing. Cool.
1: Cool. And I just, just to share with you, we are a international show, so I wouldn't be surprised if you got a call from someone in a faraway country saying... Uh, can we Skype? We I get I get the uh, the readouts of, of what it is that we we do on a weekly on a weekly audience, and not only are we heard in the United States, North America, it blew my mind when I when we were in the UK, we were in Ireland, we were in Scotland, we were in England, um, Norway, Sweden, Norway, Germany, Sweden, Africa. Indonesia. Yeah, like Russia, you know, so it's kind of it was kind of overwhelming at first. And now it's definitely welcoming when I when I flip on the mic and say, you know, good evening, Sweden. It's just so it's so relaxing to know that our message of hope, our message of recovery is getting out there and to hear. Someone's story, like you, are very basically about you know what you went through and where you've come and how you are trying to give back in a positive way today. It's just it's just so mind blowing that we're we're all in this together and we're all doing the Maharishi's work in our own way. I guess right?
4: Oh, absolutely, Ray. You know, anytime someone makes a decision to change their life for the better we know immediately the seven people surrounding them are automatically encouraged to change without people Mm -hmm. saying a thing. You know, I got sober, you know, a a while ago, and and then when my brother decided to, you know, one of the most beautiful, I guess I'll say the most beautiful endorsement my dad has ever given me, and he said it to my brother, he said, you know, of all the success that David has created in his life, I am most proud of his sobriety.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: yeah. That's the you biggest know. achievement you'll ever have. Yeah,
1: I'm, you know, uh, my mother's yeah. not live. She's she's not live. She's listening live, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure she would say the same thing about about her children. Like there, she's got a few kids who went went by the wayside in different ways and and that would be her moniker as well you know like she could say yes you know my cousin is this my cousin is that my you know he's on tv he's this he's that he's an athlete and she would come back with my children are sober my children are clean and and that is definitely the 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 most the most gracious thing that I could have ever done get out of my own way and given her relaxability with knowing where her children are and knowing that I'm not causing havoc like I was
2: Well it's not just a matter of stopping the use of the stu- substance I think it's the the absolute 90 degree change that you made in your life. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I've known you for a long time, but I didn't know you back in the day when you were using and, you know, to hear the stories that you tell about what you did, I can't believe it because, you know, anybody who knows Ray knows that he is a very kind and giving person. You know, even stray animals run all the way to the end of this street <laughs> to find this house, and because they know you'll take them in.
3: Right. <laughs> you know.
2: So yeah. I, I think it, it's not just a matter of being sober; it's a matter of, of becoming a kind, giving yeah. person. And that, in that, your mother can take a lot of pride. Right. And you know, I'm sure you too, David, because you know it sounds like you've devoted your life mm. to trying to get this message to anybody and everybody, maybe not even people who, you know, I personally am not an ad, a substance abuse, you know, I, I don't have substance use disorder, <laughs> um, but my children do. And yeah. it's, it, you know, it's, it's a difficult life. But when I, you know, I know a lot of people now who have gotten what I consider to be the miracle of turning their lives all the way around and becoming, you know, different people, kind people, giving people. And, and to me, that, that is the most wonderful thing you can do in your life.
4: Yeah, you know, I think so, too. And when when we come out with the book and we said, you know, I I mean, I basically apologize every interview I'm on. I'm saying, listen to the people I worked with from, you know, 1980 to 1996. I am so sorry. I did what I thought was the the best I could at that time. But now it's time to make amends, you know, and and the book is an opportunity for me to reach out and to make amends and to say, wow, I was wrong. I mean, not only a little bit wrong, I was like 80 percent wrong. And when we talk about recovery, it's the same thing I go through when people want to, you know, what I believe is feed us misinformation, just like, you know, the books that come out and say, whatever you believe you can achieve and the universe is conspiring to meet Mm -hmm. your needs. You know, I think there's some real danger in the recovery industry. And one of the ones, one of the things that we are out and we do it through our book and through my lectures and everything else is to say, listen, whenever you hear that your alcoholism is caused by genetics, run. And I'm not saying walk away. I'm saying run away.
2: Now, I'm real curious about that because, you know, I have, I've had a huge belief in, in it being a genetic thing just from watching how it's gone through my family. So why do you well, say that it's not?
4: Yeah, Ellen, and it went through my family as well. I lost an ant alcoholism. I look all around my brother. My father struggled for a number of years. You know, I look. I, and, and it's all over my family, but let's look at the reality of life. Unless you're born with fetal alcohol syndrome in which a child comes out going through withdrawal, right, or right. if you're if you born you know, to an opiate mom, opiate-addicted mm-hmm. mom, and you know, I've, I've been in hospitals with doctors watching these babies craving the drug, totally unable to calm them. There's nothing that will calm them other than morphine or something like that. Um, you know, we, we, we look at these babies come out, but most of us, thank God, don't come out like that. So if it was a genetic cause, that would mean that from birth, there would be a craving for alcohol. There would have to be some kind of demonstrative showing that we are lacking the ability to, to, to live without this opiate or the alcohol. Well, that's not the case where if you look at a genetically caused disease and that child comes out and they're born and they instantly need certain medical attention, that isn't what happens in the world of alcoholism. No. What we, what we say is this: there is a genetic link, but the only way the genetic link is valid is when that person ingests alcohol.
2: Well, I was going to say it has to be activated, but it, you know, absolutely- right.
4: Absolutely. And that's why I'm so, I'm so glad for your show, Ray Allen, for us to be able to get this message out, which millions of other people have said, but there aren't enough of us who are willing to stand in the storm. I take on doctors. I take on counselors like myself. I'll take on anyone because it's ridiculous. And this is the, here's here's the, here's the scariest thing in the world. When we are saying that, well, my alcoholism is, is caused because I have a genetic, we have a foot out the door. We have a victim mentality.
1: We're justifying we our disease, yeah.
4: An excuse that when yep. I well, it wasn't me, it's because of my, and it's a bunch of crap. Anyone right. who teaches this in 2017 needs to be looking in the mirror and they need to be really asking themselves, how can I teach this? The same thing that I should have been doing in the eighties. I should have been looking in the mirror and saying, Hey, I mean, I've been this positive affirmation guy with this, my, my so, sober crap and I'm drinking every night. Maybe these <laughs> affirmations, maybe these affirmations don't work. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe I should be looking at what I'm preaching. So, right. so unless someone drinks, there is no way that that person is going to become an alcoholic. So that's my first argument. My second one is this. If it was a genetic disease, then no one in this world should be sober today, Ray, including you and me, unless we had med- medical intervention. Because if right. it's genetic, you can't cure a damn genetic disease with what? By going to meetings? like, dude, like Right, with
1: abstinence, group, yeah.
4: Everyone with cystic fibrosis should be going to cystic fibrosis meetings and
1: get healed no you're hundred percent right and and you know i think I think a lot of that I think a lot of that mindset originally was uh for funding purposes but you know i i everything that you just said in every word that you that that came out I agree with wholeheartedly because if you never ingest the chemical, how will you be reactionary to it? You won't. You may be, right. your, your life may be dysfunctional in some other way, but if you don't drink, you will never become an alcoholic. If you don't do drugs, you will never become an addict. You may you may ultimately become a sugar addict because you're acting out on sugar, you're genetically susceptible to, but I don't necessarily think uh, October 19th, 1959 when I was born. That my mother embraced me and said, "Here's our next heroin addict." I just don't <laughs> think that that yeah. that it works no. that way, you know. Um, but I do. I can concede a little bit for the professional. Uh, opinion because of monetary reimbursement I don't agree with the people who are taking advantage of that you are genetically susceptible to and you were born this way I don't I don't believe that I was born a, a heroin addict that just does not no, but play you were born my, with the propensity to I become was born, one well I was born If if I ate a bag of chips I ate the whole bag of chips that's how I was born so I don't necessarily think that you know if I never ingested heroin if I never if I never drank alcohol I didn't I didn't drink alcoholically so it was the substance that that grabbed me it wasn't something that I was genetic well genetically susceptible to alcohol I, I had to have been I was born by two alcoholic parents but it never came to
4: fruition in me why
1: because
2: you well, liked okay. heroin and,
4: better yeah well because I like <laughs> talking about the real cause Let's talk about the real okay. cause of all all addiction. All right. and, and I'm, and yeah, I'm is,
2: because I'm getting very disturbed. I'm I'm still a firm believer in the genetic
1: piece of it. So mind you, we, we have two, mind. mind you, we have two <laughs> minutes before break. So we may we may want
3: we <laughs> want to put
1: this we may want to well, put this somewhere else into the next
4: segment. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me throw it out there, and then we'll explain it when we come back. The the okay. cause of all addiction: nicotine, alcohol, food, and food is sugar, salt, white flour, fat, mainly. Um, shopping, spending, uh, huge ego, uh, greed, whatever the, all addictions are caused by our inability to deal with emotions in life, guys. Absolutely. I believe that, codependency, sure. codependency we, in 2002, we labeled it the largest addiction in the world. It's all caused by our inability to deal with life. So whether the emotions are peer pressure, shame, guilt, Anger, rage, resentment—it doesn't matter what emotion is. As little kids, we're not taught how to deal with these things. Loss, absolutely, em- embarrassment, and so we find that there's a substance: sugar, salt, alcohol, heroin, codependency. There is there is a substance or a behavior that we latch onto because we don't know how to deal with the present moment. That absolutely is the cause of all addiction.
1: Absolutely. And if you want to disagree with David on the other side of the break, call 866-472-5792. Dial 866-472-5792. We will be back in a moment.
2: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now
0: your baby is in
2: your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness
3: Channel. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune in to Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: What
5: does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices, as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's health and wellness channel.
1: Well, with all of this positive talk we've been talking about, I completely forgot to ask you to get your social media um, outlets out there.
4: Yeah, thank you, Ray. You know, the most important thing I'd like to offer your listeners is if they go to our website, which is talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K-David.com, they can get chapter one of our number one bestselling book on positive thinking for free. And they can really get a good idea if, like, they're struggling and going, geez, I just can't wrap my head around where this guy's coming from that positive thinking isn't the answer or that it's only 20% of the answer. If they go to TalkDavid.com, they can get Chapter 1 for free. You know, we have six New York Times bestselling authors that not only endorse the book but ask Mm -hmm. to be a part of it, which is off the charts, amazing. And you'll read their stories that they put in, how they used to believe in positive thinking with recovery and grief and all that. And then they, they turn the tide. And these are all New York Times bestselling authors as well. Right. So you, you can get the chapter one for free at talkdavid.com and then Facebook, which is where we spend most of our time. It's just David Essel, just my name, David. And then E as in Edward S as in Sam S as in Sam E as in Essel, or
1: Edward L. Essel, <laughs> <Larry. laughs> You had to get your name in there one more time, right? E as oh, in yeah. Essel. So now when I'm talking on the phone and people say, can you spell that? I'll go, yes. E as in Essel.
2: Well, you could say E as in Ellen.
1: Oh, E as in Ellen. I do say say that sometimes. I'm an E
2: person too. It's a a strange
1: letter. Oh, here we go. This is the perfect one for us all right now in this conversation. E as in Ego.
0: Please dial
1: 866-472-5792, 866-472. 5792. we you know this is every once in a while you get a guest that you never have enough time for. Oh, I know. And you're this is really one of those David, you're one of those guests that we could probably go on for 5 hours and just talk about, you know, we could we could change the world in that 5 hours in my mind, you know, and I'm sure in yours as well because we we definitely um, all have Value in what it is that we bring to this conversation, and there's a lot of people out there that can't embrace the common sense value, and they have to follow the the quote unquote clinical. Yeah. Addressing of addiction and sobriety. And, and it sells the individual who's looking for assistance short because all they're getting is, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to say this and, and I don't mean this hurtful in any way, but when an individual goes into a recovery facility and they're in there for 30 days and then they go into the PHP and the IOP and they stay connected to the program and a job becomes available and they get hired by the place, what does that individual bring To that recovery environment. It only brings a 30 day awareness of what it is because they, they've been babied and helped and, and nurtured all the way through so what are we what are we feeding the individuals who are coming off the street we're giving them a quote- unquote clinical look at what we think recovery is or what the individual who started that program is and it may necessarily not be the proper one the street understanding or the common sense understanding kind of gets washed under the rug and gets lost in that environment because you have the know-it-all that I don't mean know-it-alls, but the know-alls that come out and, 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 you know, stump their seat about how recovery is supposed to be. And it's not necessarily always the way it should be.
4: Well, I, really well put, Ray. You know, there, I, I always tell people there's a thousand ways to recover from codependency, alcohol, substance addiction, spending addiction. There's a thousand different ways. And the only thing I can recommend to people is to keep trying by surrendering 100% to the program they're in. If it works, it's only going to work because you've surrendered to it. If it doesn't work, move on. You know, I remember when I was in the treatment center, I got out of the detox. Uh, they called it the fishbowl. It was three days in the fishbowl, and then I was mm-hmm. in the general population. And the medical director, this brilliant woman, stood up in front, and there was 120 of us, approximately 60 men, 60 women, And she stood up and she said, there's 120 people in this room. And she counted out 12. And she said 12 in the front row stand. And she looked at the audience and she said, I know a lot of you aren't going to be happy to hear this. And I know a lot of you spent a lot of money being in here. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Whether you're in this expensive facility or in a 12-step meeting or in a, a Celebrate Recovery Church or in any, you, the 12 here. 10% 10% will be clean in 12 months. That's mm-hmm. it. Well, mm-hmm. yep. 10%. Yeah. So, you know, for all the people that are, you know, like pounding the 12 step as the savior or that celebrate recoveries, that listen, everyone has about a 10% success rate. And I remember leaving there and she actually scared the God out of me because I sat there thinking, you're kidding me. Well, everyone else is going, I'm going to be one of those 10%. Well, and she was right. You know, within mm -hmm. a short period of time after leaving, I was getting phone calls from all these guys that I had bonded with that everyone had gone out. Right. And and so, you know, like you got to be very careful. There isn't that the answer is you've got to find your way, which is why we created our holistic addiction recovery program, because we take the best out of all these different things out there including brain chemistry supplementation. And Ray and Alan, I'm going to tell you, if there is something that has made the biggest difference in 24 years with our clients that go through the Holistic Addiction Recovery Program, and people can find out more at talkdavid.com, one of the biggest ones is that we do amino acid therapy so that we can give the person in recovery many of the same feelings that they're getting from their use whether it's nicotine or opiate or alcohol or sugar or even spending. Like there's a ton of supplements out there that can really help the brain to recover at a higher level faster along with all the other amazing things that you have to do like make a decision every day that you're going to do healthy things for yourself and you're going to eliminate the people in your life that bring you to the other side that you don't want to go back to. And you and I, you're right. The three of us could talk for 24 hours, probably. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but, and, and the other thing I want to mention before we have to end here today is that, you know, all this nonsense about once an addict, always an addict, once an alcoholic, that's a bunch of crap. If you <laughs> want to be, it, I love it, such nonsense, man. It is just like, throw that crap out the window. If someone's telling you, that because you're an alcoholic, you always will be to walk away. Like seriously, that stuff is so bad. You know, so many of these programs were, were, were created in the forties and the fifties, for God's sake. They've never updated. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't know popular psychology. You know, I mean, oh my God, they don't know brain chemistry. They don't know the power of eating yeah. every three to four hours for blood, uh, blood, blood sugar levels to be normalized. There's so much information. You right. don't have to buy into the old stuff that's ridiculous. No, exactly.
1: And, and you know, my sponsor. I've, I've I've got 28 years, and just to just to share briefly, um, three of us from my last my last stay in detox, uh, detox rehab. I mean, it was called detox 28 years ago. I was there for 30 days, and then of course, of course, they changed it. But um, three of us out of however many were in there, 30, 40, 50, three of us right now carry the same clean dates as we did while we were in there. So that goes to show you right there, there's three.
2: And you've got to wonder how many of those people are still alive.
1: I personally know the other two. And I I used to always, we used to always go to each other's anniversaries, but we've kind of moved miles away so i don't get to i don't get to go but i know in my mind when there there's when theirs are and also something you said about once an addict always an addict my sponsor my friend actually i always i always use the word sponsor around people in the program just so i don't get them don't get them edgy and you're not saying things properly and all of that my friend who who i looked at to bring me into this new uh journey his name is rick um he used to always say, immediately after that, the lie is dead. Now, oh. <laughs> because it because that's what it is. Once an addict, always yeah. an addict. You're lying to yourself, saying yep. that you know you're, you're compromising yourself by by accepting um, th- that life. Yeah, once an addict, always an addict. Okay, so everything that I do, I can just I can just push off onto that being the reason why. Well, no, the lie is dead. Get out of your own way. Start. Embrace this new way to live, and do what you need to do to get it done.
2: But isn't that right. isn't part of that there to keep you from thinking, oh, I can just go back and do one now since I don't really have a disease? Um, yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, in the in the sense of um,
1: yeah, you know, I can take that one drink. I can go get high that, this one time. Yeah, but how is how is once an addict, always an addict? Going to going going to deter me from going back? If I'm going back, I'm going back.
2: Well, yeah, you know, I, you know? I, I I can't think like yeah. y'all do, but you yeah. know, to me that you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> we only <laughs> well, it's part of the fear <laughs> thing. You know, I'd be afraid. You know, it's like eating. You know, I don't want to get fat, so I'm very careful about what I eat. You know,
1: right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean, then, then, so then, there you go, right there. Once a fatty, always a fatty. That lie is dead yeah. because people do you know, lose weight well, and stay true, and stay yeah. lean.
4: The the once an addict, always an addict. That's another great foot out the door, a justification, a rationalization, yeah. an excuse mm-hmm. that well, you know, because I'm I'm an alcoholic. When I relapse, that's just you know. And the other thing is, relapse is part of recovery. Oh my God! Yeah, I heard hear, that. You know, I think, <laughs> You know, I I hear my clients coming in from meetings, all kinds of meetings, not just 12-step, and and I go, okay, gang, I'll tell you what, and we have this as part of our course. We teach people how to go to meetings across the board, doesn't matter what kind of meeting. We teach people how to go because there's a benefit from community. I love the community of meetings, but because so many programs are based on 70-year-old philosophies, We teach people how to attend meetings without getting sucked into this old adages that we're talking about. And so that they they have so much better chance of recovery, you know, like like there's so many there's so much great information out there. But if you get stuck in a model that has not been updated in 80 years, it's not going to be really a good sign for a lot of people.
1: No, it's not. And and sadly, we only have like two minutes left of this evening. I mean, it just blew by. We're gonna definitely have to check your schedule and find out when you're available again to be able to cure the world in an hour again. So um
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hey, that's what we do, right? That's yeah. what we do. Every every Amen. little breath we can. So, you know, it was definitely a pleasure to have you on the show, David. And I just want to um Say the name of your book again. It's Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will. And I didn't read the little the little The Myth of Positive Thinking, The Reality of Success. Um, David, thank you very much for being part of this show and sharing your wisdom and your experience, strength, and hope, as they say that that we can overcome.
4: Yes. Yeah, it's about hope. You're right. And that's what I hope yeah. that people got from our, our discussion tonight, Ray. We want to spread that message. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can.
1: Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And with that, we will need to say good night to the world. Good night to the world. You like that? Or even good morning to the world. There's people <laughs> that are listening that Depending it's already tomorrow are. morning. Thank you for being part of the show, David. Thank you to the audience for listening this evening. Good night, Ellen night, Ray. And remember, with Miracles in Recovery, hope is in your corner. Have a good night.
0: Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel, next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.